Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. It is estimated that as many as 74 million people worldwide suffer from a traumatic brain injury every year, more than any other traumatic insult. The highest occurrence is in North America and Europe, primarily from road traffic accidents. Mild traumatic brain injury may affect your brain cells temporarily. More serious traumatic brain injury can result in bruising, torn tissues, bleeding, and other physical damage to the brain. These injuries can result in long-term complications or death. Our guest today was involved in a traffic accident over nine years ago that resulted in a traumatic brain injury that turned his life upside down. And joining us from Virginia is Jeremy Dore and his wife, Chelsea. Thanks for both of you joining us. On September 15th of 2013, you were in a vehicle accident. Tell us what happened. Um, I was coming home from a big, big mud bog party thing that they used to have, and somehow got into the car wreck i don't i don't know much details about that i don't remember what i do remember i've told is not true so it doesn't make sense so i just let it go so you were in a, an accident but you don't know exactly what happened because of your injury correct yeah we hit some trees i know that i've got pictures of the car wreck and everything and you were taken to hospital, and I understand that you were in a coma for quite some time. Yes, a three-week medically-induced coma in UVA. Do you remember anything about being in a coma? Nope. Not a thing? Nothing. So you woke up, and three weeks later, you lost three weeks of your life? Yeah. Pretty much I've lost three, but I'm pretty sure I remember what happened the night I wrecked, but I've been told it was not true, so it is what it is. Um, I came to when I was in Georgia, in Atlanta, Georgia, after I was my trach was taken out, I could go to Shepherd Center in Atlanta, Georgia, and my daughter was brought to me by my aunt and my mom. And that's when I started remembering everything. Like I came back to my, my senses, came back to myself. So your memory started to develop and you could start to remember what, what <coughs> happened basically. Yeah. And, and I was scheduled to get out of Shepherd Center by the end of November. But after I saw my daughter, I improved so well, I was released the last day of October or November 1st. Mm -hmm. I think November 1st, I was released. Jeremy, what did, the what did the doctors tell you about your condition? I had a traumatic brain injury. Did they say how it would impact you? I'd lose everything. There's no cure for it. Mm-hmm. How did it impact you? I, I died twice. I died once at the scene, once in life flight back to to UVA. And and how it's impacted me, I lost everything in my life. Like every aspect of everything I lost. Can you give us some examples? 
Um, my daughter used to live with me. There was no issues with that. And um, we didn't have a court thing, but it was just she lived with me. I had a more stable environment and, and whatever. And she was basically taken from me by her mother and, and just, it was horrible. And then both companies I worked for let me go for no reason. This is a right to work state. So they let me go. I lost my insurance. That was f to pay my, to get my pills, it was $1,500 a month. Wow. Or somebody I know named Debbie Wilson, I met in her brain injury group. Mm -hmm. She uh -huh. said, I'm she said, I can help you, but I can tell you what to do. You're not dumb. You're not, you know, you're, you're, you're beyond whatever for your brain injury. So I can help you. And so I said, all right, what's up? And she sent me the, the information to where to find it. I have like 11 pages of research about traumatic brain injuries and cannabis. And every doctor I saw, I gave it to them and they made copies of it. They never told me to stop. But I had to work myself back up. Yeah, we've interviewed Debbie. Wow. She's she's a great uh, a great person. Were you going to say something, Chelsea? Yeah, I just kind of want to interject real quick. Um, so he had his own place at that point, and he lost that place as well. So he moved into his grandmother's basement, which is kind of like a mother-in-law apartment. And I remember him telling me one day he like after he lost everything that this just wasn't it like this is he could either say that he wanted to commit suicide and end up in crisis or crisis yeah i'll, I'll <laughs> say I'll, all right so my options when i lost my jobs and lost the in like the insurance i could say i would want to do suicidal and put myself in the it's a place called crisis at the hospital mm -hmm. saying i was suicidal but i was not suicidal Like, I couldn't do that to my daughter because I knew that there was something amiss mm -hmm. with with people that were involved with her mom. And, and so I studied it. I know a lot of things about cannabis. My, my mom's husband, my dad, my stepdad, he's my dad. He has colon cancer. He cured his colon cancer with Rick Simpson oil recently. And then he came back in his lungs and he's trying to figure out how to do that. But it's all because I found out how to heal my brain with it. How did this injury affect your brain? Like what were some of the things that, ha that happened to you as a direct result of this injury? How did it impact your brain? And can you give us some examples of things I don't know. I guess I I get agitated easy, like really easily, and and I overthink things a lot. But I get on edge sometimes, and I've never been suicidal though, so I couldn't I couldn't go to the hospital and say that because it would follow me everywhere, mm -hmm. including daughter. I've been through some unmentionable things to protect my daughter and some things have happened to her siblings that are unmentionable because of who I needed to protect my daughter from and nobody would listen to me. I had the brain injury, so I was a dumbass. He also, um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's quite paranoia, but I guess it could be in that realm. 
but he'll get into this mindset where something will trigger his mind to go into overthinking and it's like he can't take his focus off that thought until he comes home and like he relaxes some cannabis some days are a little bit more of a struggle than others some days you know someone can say something that kind of gets his mind out of that area but sometimes there's nothing you can say or do he just has to work his way to figure that out on his own do you does that happen often it happens quite a bit when he gets at work where obviously you know you can't be smoking on the job and stuff like that so his mind is like where 200 tabs are open and you're trying to close them but then like 20 more will open at the same time yeah so like he's popping the music's playing in the back until he was able to get home and fully relax and be in a calming more calm environment it'll just it just continues and continues and continues what were the changes you noticed in him after this accident? So him and I actually, um, we've known each other since high school. And like I knew him obviously before the wreck, but I wasn't around when the wreck occurred. I came down four years later. But between the person that I knew before then and now, um, yes, he gets agitated a little bit more easily, but he walks away before he says something or before it gets too bad, which kind of sucks because, you know, women, we like to fight, <laughs> but he knows he walks away before it gets too, too bad, which is kind of a blessing in, in the same breath. And I, he was a big partier um, before this wreck. I mean, he would throw very large parties and, when he lost everything, he literally rebuilt his whole life from the ground up. Like, he lost his job. He had issues that um, were going on with my, I call her my daughter, but my stepdaughter's mom. And he he went and he fought for her. Um, as soon as he was able to, as soon as he had a stable job, stable environment, he got her out of a not-so-good situation and... You know, we got married. We have another little one on the way. He bought a house. A lot of things that people with brain injuries don't do because they don't exactly know the route to take to heal their brain correctly. And I was very against cannabis because of a bad experience with someone I had dated in the past. And we had to come to terms on whether or not that was going to be a deal breaker for us to move forward. I did not realize the healing aspects of it until he showed me all the paperwork. And don't get me wrong, like I worked in the medical field, but there's still some medical terminology that is in those documents that I don't understand. But I've learned more over the years just from him. And I probably repeat the same questions over and over because it just, it doesn't register in my brain. Mm -hmm the way it does his because he's done all that research he knows people like miss wilson and whatnot so jeremy i want to ask you when your accident occurred in 2013 and you came out of your coma and you were released from hospital how much better are you today than you were say eight years ago 
I would say you put me like if you had a slow down on a on a DVD remote mm-hmm. or a DVD movie, if you could slow it down by like two or three tabs to go into slow motion, that's how my brain would do things before. Okay. And now I feel like it's faster. Like I can process things faster. I try to control it better. Mm-hmm. But you are improving, though, right? Yes, it's a constant improvement. Yeah. Yeah. In the last five years since I've been, like, in the actual picture, mm-hmm. and he has vastly, like, just in those five years alone, like, he's improved a lot. We even tried, at one point, cutting out the cannabis <clears throat> and trying to go, you know, the medical. I've cut out cannabis twice. Mm-hmm. Since my ex, once, actually three times, once because I had to get a job, I had to get a good job, mm-hmm. and no, it was only twice, and and once because I knew that drug testing was crazy at work and they had an obsession with me because I admitted on how I healed my brain, mm-hmm. so they would test me, and so I went back the medical route, but I snapped at my wife. In the middle of traffic one day on the highway going 70 miles an hour, and it was a bad situation because it was congested traffic, and and that was the medicine. Like, I'm not dealing with that shit again. I'm not going to put my kid through that. Mm-hmm. Not like snap, like hit me, like he just. Oh, yeah, he, like, like, not snap. snap. Like, I raise my, like, I don't <laughs> totally raise my different voice. Thing. I don't raise my voice. I don't, you know, I would never hit a female. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just, I'm not raised like that. It was verbal. Yeah. 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 And it was very shocking. It was not... And my daughter was in the car, too. And and I was just like, that's it. I can't, I can't do that. Yeah, it was very shocking. How old is your um, daughter? For... 14. 14. I got custody of her. She was six. Okay. So she's seen changes in her dad that most kids would, would not see. Yes, and she's been through things that she, that she should never have been through on both sides. Okay. And mine was an accident, like a the car wreck. But I'm very open with her on, like, she's 14, and she's very, very mature for her age, for what she's been through. Mm-hmm. I know she's 14, and that means, you know, things are going to get popped up in, in the world. And I, so I'm open with her about how I healed. And when she was offered cannabis by some neighborhood boys, she came to me and started laughing. And she's like, I told them that, no, my dad probably gets better stuff than you. (laughs) Do you, when consuming cannabis, do you only smoke? I'm trying different things. Like, I've used vapes. I've got cartridges before, but I don't really know much about cooking with it or anything. Hmm. Jeremy, are you taking any CBD? I do have these CBD pouches that they sell at a convenience store called Sheets. Uh. It's a a reputable brand. I did a little bit of research before I got them. I actually, even being pregnant, I take CBD, if not every day, every other day. And I plan to continue. Are you taking CBD from hemp or CBD from cannabis? It's from... It's a company called Anti, and I think from yeah, no, I, I certainly there is really often a vast improvement with anything kind of going on in the brain if you can get the person on a decent underlined decent CBD. Now Ian and I, 
interviewed somebody, well, gosh, it's got to be a year and a half ago now, who had a lab that blind label tested all the CBD products in the States. And I got to tell you that 90% of them did not contain what they said they did. Okay. So uh, it is extremely hard to find some decent CBD in the States, but CBD can be really uh, helpful for brain, any kind of brain injury, stroke, that sort of thing. Uh, hence my question there. Yeah. Buying, buying CBD from a convenience store really, yeah. Adventure to say you're not getting what they say you're getting on the container. Gotcha. Yeah. CBD, I think, may be helpful to you. I mean, we're not in the business of giving medical advice, but... I prefer flour. That's the way to get, you know, after a long day, I work 12-hour shifts, go home, roll one up, stuff outside. Mm -hmm. Do they drug test you at work? Yes, but I went to HR before I got drug tested, let them know I had a card and why. It's legal medically in Virginia. I have a card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a whole it's a whole headache. But I went to HR myself before anybody could run and tell on me because that's how people are. When they found out I got that's how I healed my brain to begin with. I got drug tested like eight times in six months. I mean, six times in eight months. Mm-hmm. Corey, in your experience in dealing with people over the last uh, 10, 11 years and people who have brain injuries, is CBD the go-to medication for people to help them or is it a combination of both? Well, initially, certainly initially CBD for sure in, in my experience, right? So I'm talking, you know, people with strokes, that sort of thing. I, I actually had a, a guy here in Victoria whose son was in an extremely bad accident and he had a traumatic brain injury. And in his case, it made him incredibly violent. And he was actually restrained in hospital. It was just horrific. Um, and, you know, toward everybody's heartstrings because this, this nice young man had totally a total change in personality. And we got him on CBD and it was a game changer. You know, slowly but surely, the old Cody came back. When they were pulling me out of a coma, they did have me strapped up in the bed. They had a playpen over top of me, all that type of stuff. Mm. I don't know what all about, but I understand that anything cannabis related, I feel, helps. Any type of use is medicinal in my in my yeah. Eyes. I totally agree. Yeah. Jeremy, what's the, what was the, the the lowest point? What has been the lowest point for you in all of this? The lowest point was not killing myself because I was in my grandma's basement, and I couldn't do it in the neighborhood because this is where the family grew up at. Mm. And I had a daughter that that needed me, and then two and a half years, three years later, I bought a house. And then, actually, before I bought the house, I think it was about two and a half years later, I got full custody of my daughter. Mm -hmm. And, like I said, I brought her, I saved her from the unspeakable, like, and I've been, people have came at me in in situations, it's, it's lax now, but I don't know if they had something to do with the drug testing at work or whatever, but. It is what it is. 
Do you think if you didn't have a daughter, you may have taken your own life? I don't know. I can't say that. Yeah. Because I, I was in my grandma's basement, and I couldn't do that. Like, there, I had too much respect for her than to do that there. But when I look back at it, like, my daughter saved me, so I had to save her. So that's how I look at yeah, it. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. Now, with your traumatic brain injury, if you bump your head at all, do you, do you feel that you get a headache? I don't know. Like, I've hit my head really hard at the first job I had after my wreck. I stood up underneath some steps and smashed my head on the concrete step above it. Jesus. That knocked me lightheaded. Like, I, I really did a number, and I was maintenance, so I went into a, a empty room and just watched TV for about 45 minutes, just relaxing in the cool air. It knocked me pretty good, like... I could see stars when it first happened, but I don't think I had a lasting headache from it. I don't really get headaches a lot. Oh, you don't? No, I don't. And I have to attribute that to like six months after my wreck, I lost my insurance. Well, six to eight months after my wreck, I lost my insurance. And in the meantime, between then, when I came home, I had friends and that's what they did. And they, they would come pick me up and we'd go ride out and I would, I would do that and this is before we knew the medicinal value of it. My mom would get pissed at me at first because mm-hmm. she was the caregiver for the first year. I was just like, I'm not worried about it. And then like a year later, found out that that, that was my saving point, like how the, the way I did it and everything. Well, I think, you know, when you're dealing with Debbie Wilson, who has this Facebook page on traumatic brain injury, and we interviewed yeah. Debbie, what, about four or five years ago, Corey? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Maybe even longer than that. And she has made remarkable progress in her health improvement. And I think you can make remarkable progress. I think you have made remarkable progress. Uh-huh. And I think what you should do is listen to the podcast we had on, and I'll send uh, Chelsea the the link of the fellow in, I think it was California or Colorado, Corey, who did the assessment of CBD. Mm-hmm. I can't remember where he was located. Yeah, and it was uh, it was lab tested. And uh, it was just, uh, it was eye-opening for us uh-huh. to, realize, to realize that a lot of the CBD that is sold, I guess everywhere, just doesn't have what is contained on the container. And I think that would help you a great deal. See, Virginia is so backwood, like backwards with it. Like with cannabis, like well, welcome to the world, my friend. <laughs> it's like that everywhere. It's legal here in Canada, and oh my yeah, it's god, a gong show. it's a gong show. It's a gong show. Yeah, I'm not allowed in Canada. But, uh, my <laughs> wife, she's from New so York. I'm from New York, pretty much along the all Canadian border, um, yep. or the Quebec, depending on what side you go through. My dad's a resident alien, so I mean, we obviously spent a lot of time back and forth in Canada growing up, and I can get across the border just fine, but we tried to go visit my family, gosh, four years ago now, and they pulled us in, and they tore my car apart, and they pulled him in for questioning separately, and they pulled me in separately, and then they almost tried to pull in Maddie separately, so she was 
nine, ten at this point. And Jeremy's like, absolutely not. <laughs> I think they thought we were trying to, like, steal her and, like, go into Canada. But come to find out, he had a charge from many, 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 many years ago of brandishing a firearm. And apparently oh. they told us it was a felony over in Canada. <laughs> and all we wanted to do was show Maddie what the milk looks like over there in the bags. Oh. <laughs> that was it. Like, it wasn't even anything fancy. And, like, we were going to, I mean, we were going to go probably eat when we got over there into the mall. But the main part of that trip was supposed to show Maddie what milk looks like in Canada. Yeah, it's a gong show here. It's a, It seems to be a gong show everywhere. And I think it's just a, a process, an ongoing process, that the medical community appears to be in the back pocket of the pharmaceutical industry. And that's not to say pharmaceuticals are all bad. It's just that it eats into their profits. I think one of the things you've got going for you in, in looking at, your, at the two of you in your video is that you've got a wife who loves you and a dog who loves you. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, she's our fur baby. <laughs> yeah, I can see the dog just hovering around you, and I think that's great. It's fantastic. Tell me, where would you like to be five years from now? I would like my house to be paid off. <laughs> yes, uh, you'd like to win the lottery. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I got to play the lottery to win it. Realistically. I would. I want to be helping people. I want to be involved with a company that wants to help people with brain injuries, showing people the light. Like I know how it feels to want to end your life, and praying that you don't wake up, but also praying for the light if if you need it. And so I prayed, like, help me figure it out. And then the conversations with Debbie just ran with it. And like I said, 11 pages of research, many doctors have seen it and made copies of it mm -hmm. with me. I never lie about it. Yeah. Well, we wish wish you well. We wish you both well. And uh, your new baby that's... When are you due, Chelsea? Uh, supposed to be January 17th. I have a C-section scheduled on January 13th, but we're kind of hoping she comes before the end of the year. <laughs> oh, it's a little girl, is it? I'm not comfortable anymore, so... <laughs> okay. Thanks for doing this, guys. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Um, thank you. As soon as I saw the thing for, I think it was Charlotte King, the, the girl with the brain tumor, I was like, Jeremy, we have to reach out to him. <clears throat> At least it would be a start, because I know he wants to get a story out there and help others that have experienced what he has. And I was like, this could be a, just a great start and then work our way up. Just like you would, like, if you were working for a company, you start from the bottom typically and you work your way up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Good luck to both of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. 99.9% .9 of our DNA is identical. Is a 0.1% that truly makes us different and unique. And that's what the show is about. Find out that 0.1% about your favorite guests. Find out what music they like, their first cannabis experience, and even what their room looked like growing up. But more importantly, or as important, their journey. Learn what makes them unique on Everything is 
personal. 